to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the post-game of Game 3, and what a weird game, to say the least. This yeah. is not how I expected it to go. Um, I don't think anyone expected us to pull through with this one, but... Yeah, you know, and like we said, with the earlier games, we were going to do in between periods, but the first two intermissions, I don't think there was a thing we could say. Yeah, and I, you know, I think it's... Eight it's... shots through two, there's nothing to say. Yeah. Exactly. It, 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 was, it was looking pretty grim there for the yeah. for the first bit. We'll get to the stats real quick, and then we'll just kind of go through the game uh, period by period. But mm-hmm. Carey Price finished with a 956, uh, two goals against, 43 saves. Um, I, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but he he's basically the reason we won. I mean, like that yeah. was just insane. I made a joke to Jesse early on in the game. Just by his positioning, I was like, this looks like it's going to be a Carey Price game. Yeah. Especially since we had, like, uh, at a one very point... A very Carey game. <laughs> yeah. At one point, I'm pretty sure the shots were 14-1 to 1 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, got up to 17-3 to 3 even. Yeah, 17-3. to 3. So, yeah, then they... Uh, Nick Roy got on the board, weirdly enough. Uh, then uh, Cole Caulfield answered back. He got a second of the playoffs from Suzuki, not very surprisingly. Yeah, great um, play, too. Beautiful goal. Like, really... I, you, just, you could just see that being... Like the future. Yeah, know? I just I whenever he's on a breakaway or he has like a very good chance, I just I have no fear of him going in. Like I, yeah. I knew he'd score immediately. Like yeah. I don't know what he just has that killer instinct that Oh like, yeah, because he's he's an elite goal yeah. scorer. And then uh, Petrangelo again. Like he's just he's butchering us. Yeah, like, I wanted I wanted to just talk about the Petrangelo goal. A lot of people were dogging price for that a little bit, and it was just like I know it was a clean shot and everything, but just like this is this is one of the top defensemen in the league, and it's it's a very weird shot. Like for people who didn't watch the replay, they thought like you know it's just a clean shot, but he's coming across his body, and he lets this thing go. Like if you watch his hands, I didn't I knew he scored, and I didn't know when he was gonna shoot. Like his mm-hmm. hands didn't move. Yeah, there was no. nothing on his body. I think like just the fact that it came at such a weird time completely fooled he, price yes he's got it he's got insane whip on his on his uh wrist shot yeah. like his wrist shot and he just hides insane. it that's the thing and it flutters too like it's a yeah. very weird shot it's and like, I it's think, like a very hard knuckleball yeah i mean and the reality is is the reason why Carey price is such an elite goaltender is because he you know he you know whether he's aware of it or not he as he stands the play he's running probabilities of where they're shooting yeah. right and where petrangelo shot there was just a very low probability shot like most guys would not have shot there, or they would have waited like three seconds to shoot. Well, but, that's it, or at least telegraphed a shot was yeah. Coming. Plus, you know, when people criticize the shot, I mean, like, there's a reason this guy is like, you know, a top five defenseman in the league. Yeah, and, like he's an incredible hockey player. Uh, he's completely driving the Vegas offense, and uh, I underestimated him coming in. I I have this thing where I hear of these guys, and then I. I think of them playing the Habs, especially if they're not in our division. I'm just like, how good can this guy possibly yeah. be? And then, like, it's like all of a sudden he has three goals against us in, in three games. And it's That's like, it. um, yeah, but then going on after that. Sorry, uh, just, just just saying, uh, talking about low probability as you're about to say this. Hmm? Speaking of low probabilities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Josh Anderson finally, you know, after going one point in 23 games, he, he broke it. Not uh, not necessarily on, on by his... Uh, by his doing, but you know, Flurry made a terrible play. Um, I, I, I don't know. I've been seeing it throughout this series. Flurry just—he's not a goalie that I would feel super comfortable being behind. No, like he's, he's, he's a very high risk, high reward. He's guy. very high risk, high reward, and he makes some like. It's almost like he's uh, he's like cracked out all the time. You notice well, that a, like, he's, he's a, very, he's a very aggressive goalie, yeah. and so the thing is, it works really well when it works. Yeah, like even the Paul Byron goal in Game mm-hmm. Two, it was like. 
he just way overcommitted to well, Pope Well, that's Iron. it. If think about it, it goes the other way. If that works and Fleury gets the Pope check, he looks like a genius. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah. the, the weird thing, and what I will say just in Anderson's defense, you still have to be forechecking properly to have that opportunity. But even then, like, he was gliding in. Like, but, I mean, like, going to the net, like, forcing, yeah. like, around, like, you know, he could have basically kind of, like, stopped up at the red, like, the, the ring get line. I'm yeah. saying at least... It's not so much that it, that's like a goal scorer's goal, but it's like yeah. I'll give him credit for you know putting the pressure on Flurry to move, and then just you know having at least the, like you know he just he just kind of shoveled it in. You know he could have yeah. been like the guy to try and turn around and like pass it across, and he yeah. he just shoveled it in and he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, he did what he was supposed to. I, I, I there's nothing special on his part for sure. I mean, just I'm glad it, it, I I see it more as a positive than that like he got on the board and like yeah. it was it allowed him to you know feel confident and then. You know, going into OT, he got obviously that OT winner, so it's his third of the playoffs. Um, you know, from Byron again and Kotkaniemi, like Paul Byron has been such a backbone of this team. Like, I didn't know he could speak French. We heard that for yeah. the first time. That caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I can't say enough about Paul Byron. Like that guy is just—I notice him on the ice yeah. all the time, and you know, he's driving so many plays, especially like recently. Okay, that, just, yeah, and there, there's actually the a stat that I saw with Paul Byron from this game. I'm going to double-check the numbers here if they have it. Yeah, he was uh, the team hit leader tonight. Yeah. He had nine hits. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of hits. But yeah, let, let's go back to the beginning of the game. Clearly, this wasn't... You know, we didn't come out hot at all. No. And even the you know the commentators on, uh, you know, wherever you watch hockey were saying it, that's what Vegas is looking at is how hot Montreal comes out, you know, starting the game and... How Vegas kind of you know fights against for yeah. the first five minutes, and then they really pick up their stuff in the second period, and that's where Vegas really thrives. So they're trying to get the lead quickly, and they did. Um, you know, from an unlikely, unlikely source. Yeah, that was also one of those goals where you know Eric. So, and and again, like we do that play a few times a night, and every time they do it, even when it works, you and I both get that kind of like twist in our stomach. Yeah, because it's just like the classic like soft pass to the very like yeah. front of the crease and it's like we always say if ever someone is standing there it's going in and mm. it finally happened yeah. but um you know shake it off and whatever yeah. yeah it was fine and then you know just going into the second it just wasn't looking very good i mean caulfield got a goal there on the, on the breakaway but it looked like we were basically just that looked like we, it was the only one we we're gonna get that night and then the, well, that's the second was a lot of the same the second we just got you know the, the good thing pummel. the good thing I will say about this the Caulfield goal was that it was what it was like less than a minute after the Nick Roy goal there yeah so it, it was nice to see like we can know, trail yeah. we can trail and also just you know like it's it's a little bit of like that like opposing things of like oh you know what there was a mistake from the fourth line the first line is yeah. gonna go you know pick it up be like you guys have done enough like yeah. you know helping us out this night it's just very nice to see like you know everyone's doing their part and everyone's kind of picking each other up. Yeah, it's not like, there's no sulking or anything. No. The main thing I noticed was like, the forecheck, like it wasn't so much our forecheck was off, it's just Vegas knew, you know, they're an adaptable team. We saw how they yes. de they dealt with Colorado mm -hmm. and they clearly have a game plan for the Habs now. I mean, they were meeting us at the red line, like basically how Calgary We did. couldn't get in. Yeah, it felt a lot like Calgary. Like Calgary was just standing us up on the, on the, on the blue line and um, keeping us in the neutral zone, and then we'd have to force a, a dump and chase, which is usually good for the Habs, but what ends up happening is, you know, they pinch so hard on the blue line that we dump it in with uh, no guys in. So we basically yeah. have one guy chasing it in the corner, both their defensemen get back, and then they just restart it again, and they break out. And then, like, we just can't 
get anything even remotely in front of the net. And that that's basically, you know, summed up the better part of three periods. I mean, like, let's be honest here. Like, well, yeah, no, they, they, they beat us for 58 minutes. Yeah, exactly. They were much better yeah. than us for 58 minutes. And I, I do want to talk about it because it's a, it's a hot, you know, issue with this game right now. Um, again, I think we'd be even, mo- like, more upset, but I don't even want to say more upset, I think, equally. There, there is, like, a bit of a refereeing issue going on, and I think it's not so much that it's everyone saying the the whole one-way calls and everything, because, you know, the, the penalties dished out were 4-2 to two in favor of Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I don't think so much it's a, it's a difference of the refs aren't calling anything. I just find the consistency issues are massive. The two things that, like, I'll, I'll highlight basically was, you know, in Game 2... Uh, who was it? It was William Carlson goes into the boards with Joel Edmondson and doesn't get called. So, you know, and you and I basically had a disagreement there where I said, like, that should be boarding. You said, no, it's the playoffs. Like, let them play and everything. I said, you know what? Fine, you're right. It wasn't a very hard push. But then Army of this game does not even a, the same thing. He, he pushes with one arm. Yeah. Like, how much force are you driving with? They, they, they Even the announcers made it sound weird. Remember they said he came in with, like, a lot of speed. It was yeah. like he was standing still, and he took three For strides. all intents and purposes, it was the same hit because the stick on Carlson was at the low back yeah. of, of Edmondson. It wasn't like he hit him in the, in the upper back and threw him into the boards. And Army is a much stronger guy, but still one-handed. That's not enough force. Like, those should not be called. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Is if you're not going to call one, don't call the other. And then the, the really important one is, I think, I mean, amongst the others, you know, we saw a couple trips. And yeah, Kotkaniemi's one I want to highlight. Kotkaniemi's... Patrick, they, they got to stop fooling for this, like, almost, like, uh, theatrical Yeah, know, where you stuff. hold the stick under your chicken you know wing I mean? there and, and like, make it if, look like a hook. And if the ref's on the other side of Patrick, which clearly he was, yeah. and he didn't see the stick hold, like, can we let the linesman get in on this? Like, the linesman was right there. Yeah, you know anyone I mean? could have seen that. It was obvious from, like, you know, a fan's bird-eye view. You yeah. saw the hand even reach back and pulled it under. Yeah. But yeah, the, the the big one at the end being Corey Perry. Yeah, I mean, that was just brutal. He gets a high stick, and it wasn't the first high stick that hit him that game. Yeah, and he, it was in the play. This is another yeah. thing. Is like it's different when there's a high stick and, and they're nowhere near the puck. Like that's fine. Like it's, I understand it's hard to, you, you're yeah. not going to catch that. But the problem is, is the puck was like a foot away from Perry. Yeah, they were fighting for it. Yeah, and then to get that stick in the face, and he goes down and comes up looking like you know like he, he just finished his first round of like boxing yeah. guys cut open across the nose like i thought he broke his nose yeah. and like, you know i think they said he needed it to, you know half Six a dozen stitches, stitches yeah. or something and for that to not get called if if you're in that situation all of a sudden cory perry goes off that's a four minute penalty right there that doesn't get called imagine the scenario which is like the 99 percent of the other times where the Habs lose. Well, the, the the thing is, though, is that it was almost... We played a very good overtime. I'll say, yeah. like, we dominated them. Came out, but yeah. But if the last 60 minutes were anything, uh, you know, insightful, like, I would have definitely had Vegas winning that game. I yeah. mean, like, you know, so that almost seemed like a death sentence, basically, because yeah. you know, we needed that power play. Uh, if we weren't playing that well, we came out like we normally come out in the first That's period. It. But the thing is, too, is... You know, it, it brought back memories of, like, Gallagher's cross-check to the face yeah, in last year broke Philly, and there's no call. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. It's just, these are the calls, like, in overtime, I expect no call. I don't expect trips. I don't yeah. expect slashes. I don't expect anything. But what the refs should breathe a sigh of relief for are the calls that they have no say in. Yeah, so it's like, like, well, that's the it. The high sticks 
shooting over the glass, too many men. Like those are the ones that they should be like, oh, okay, thank yeah, God. Like, it's they're, one like, of those. They should they should be salivating at that, being like, yeah. no one can get angry. Yeah, exactly. His like his he's red from like yeah. you know the eyes down. Yeah. It's just they, they didn't call it for some reason. And it's, I, I refuse to believe it's solely that they didn't see it. Yeah. Because I've seen at least three or four times now where a player's maybe offside and the refs take a half, you know two, three seconds, like kind of look at each other across yeah. the ice and then blow it. So it's like that that was just they didn't want to call yeah. it. And like that's wrong. And this is another thing is like, you know, they're talking on 690 today, but, you know, a lot of people who you know, want to believe in conspiracies, think this is something against the Montreal Canadiens or it's something for the Vegas Golden Knights. When the reality is, is it's, it's Occam's razor. It's just bad refereeing. It's yeah. like, it, they don't have anything against the Habs. Like these guys are all vetted for this stuff. Like they're not, they're not going to, yeah, you know, nobody's actually, nobody no. actually thinks they're paying and if you the do, refs. You're insane. Well, but yeah, no the, one's, the, the refs aren't getting paid. It's just like, they're just bad. No, at the, the, that's the thing is it's, <laughs> it's simpler than that. It's yeah. like, they're just bad. It's yeah. like, and it's nothing new. This is the thing. It's like, it's almost like these great government conspiracies. Like you actually think these guys are capable of doing this. Like yeah. these referees are not are not good enough to actually force the game into one person's hands. I mean, no. like, you'd the, have the to way, be a very the, the best referee would be the one that's the best at doing the that. way. How many penalties they miss and how many like it's impossible for them to do that. Like they're yeah. just they're way too bad at their job. Well, and and, and the, the reality is, is they they just they miss calls and they miss big calls and. Um, you know, I'm sure they're they're talking about it with like the whatever organization they have within yeah. the league that you know officiates this stuff. It's just you'd expect this more in the regular season, whereas in the in you know the semifinals of the other Stanley Cup playoffs, you expect the two best refs local that area to like be in the game. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and the other thing that I I just have a hard time with on that one is that like they, you know, the they're this isn't the first instance of it. I mean, again. I've said this a few times on the podcast, but, you know, there's a big scandal with referees that came out this year where it was essentially confirmed because of, like, the audio leak mm-hmm. there that refs basically play the game subjectively. And they, they try to balance things out even when the things should... You know, it's like, that's the worst part is that they'll say, like, oh, well, you know, they had two or three in a row. Like, let's give the other team yeah. one. Like, that's not okay. The, the big issue for me here is that, like, if we know of that and... You know, we we can, we can no longer kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. being the first thing, and the the second part is just, and this this is the part that I think like, I'm gonna take a minute and try and word it properly, so I'll let you just go on yeah. while I think of it. But it's just, there, yeah, I'm gonna give it. The a only minute. reason I'm gonna I'm gonna have some faith in the future though is like I'm gonna use like the bad apple analogy that we've seen in the news recently. I mean, like we can't basically throw away the entire refereeing by because of like two refs that were doing something stupid and were relatively new refs in, in the league you know hopefully they learned from the, from that and like you know I, I I don't think it's by any means a a systemic thing I mean like there's some really storied referees in the league right now that I'm sure like well they were outspoken about that particular instance and they they said uh, you know they completely are, are against that and they would have intervened if they heard anything like that. But the, 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 the problem is, is that they need to referee the referees. Like, there needs well, to be it. implications to these games. Like, these games need to be reviewed, and these guys need to be shown mistakes. Right. And, and that, I just don't think they are. That's kind of where, where my, my head was in. The way I'm going to put it is, this is a very current issue. What I mean mm-hmm. by that is that, specifically just in the playoffs alone... Look, there's only 16 teams in the playoffs, right? Yeah. 
we've had two coaches get fined already for calling out poor refereeing. I would not be surprised. It, like I, I commend the Montreal Canadiens for you know biting their tongues a little bit here. I think had Ducharme not been sick, he would have just taken the fine and said that was ridiculous. But you know, if if you're getting even, let's just keep it to the two because those are the two that uh, complained. You know, that's that's one in eight. Yeah. Like one in eight teams are having a noticeable issue with the refereeing in the playoffs. That's that's like a serious issue in my opinion, and like. I, I just don't want it to continue in the sense of, you know, ref makes a bad call, you know, chronically. Coach complains about it, and the coach is penalized because the NHL yeah. is trying to protect their integrity. Same time, If though, you want to, like, protect your integrity, though, you need to, like, be proactive with that. Yeah. Like you say, have a review session in the same way that the, like, for example, Mark Shifley had a review. Yeah. You should be able to then like have a not a player safety association but essentially a referee quality assurance association yeah. that if basically you report a referee's calling the NHL can go look at it and they no they don't have to suspend the ref they don't have no. to find the ref but it can affect their standing basically in terms of like you're not going to get the playoff game yeah i i think definitely they can't be above criticism that's the thing and i think right now they are almost in the league i definitely don't think coaches should be allowed to criticize the refs just because Every coach and every player on every team thinks that the refs are weren't good for them if they lost that game. I mean, like, the two coaches that you're talking about in the playoffs, I mean, like, I guarantee you they didn't criticize the refs if they won. I mean, Yeah, it just but I'm actually going to double-check so, what like, it was. You know, if, if those penalties went for us that night, which they could have last night, um, I don't think there would be a chance that we'd see Ducharme or anything, you know, speaking out for Vegas. I mean, like, you, you speak out for your team, and, like, that obviously le- leads to biases and and i mean it's about as biased as you can get a coach complaining about the referee well that's what i mean not not a complaint in that sense i'm talking more about you should be able to file some form of appeal doesn't change the outcome of the game but it at Mm -hmm. least puts an investigation on the call yeah no that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying is like i I just don't even think it should get to that i think like it should just be automatic that it's reviewed i mean like especially when there's basically you know a game every two nights i mean Mm -hmm. we're not talking regular season where there's like you know, 10 games a week. I mean, like, you know, this is very easy to do. I mean, like, we can just, they can review the, the calls that are in contention clearly up, up on social media and, you know, they can talk with the referee and be like, hey, next game, this can't fly, blah, blah, blah. And um, I think that's basically how you solve it. I mean, like, um, it, it's not rocket science. It's just, you need to have the, like, I don't know if it's already being done, honestly. I haven't looked yeah, into well, it. Yeah, well, they, we, just, they wouldn't broadcast. They wouldn't rules. broadcast. I'm sure it is. It's just I'm saying it needs to be cranked up. Like, they need to have, like, almost practices with the refs where they all get together and they, like, talk about how this stuff is done. And I, I understand a lot of it is quick. And, like, a lot of these high sticks, like, it's like it, it's easy to see on the replay, mm-hmm. like, a little tap to the face, right? But these sticks are flying everywhere. I understand they're missed. But the problem is, is then we need to fix that. Like, yeah. it's not an excuse. Like, one, the linesmen should be able to call penalties. Okay? Like, yeah. they need to. I mean, like, it's just useless to have that. Because, like, that lineman was right next to Perry. Well, there, there okay? you go. So, like, I know they can call certain penalties, okay, but they need to be able to call all penalties. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like, that's just the way it should be. Because well, yeah, that, that by definition, doubles your angles. Yeah, and there's, there's more than that, even. Yeah, so, like... Um, uh, sorry, just, just to jump in on the Rod Brindamore getting fined... So the game in conversation was an overtime loss in the playoffs yeah. where um, Carolina was assessed seven penalties. 
mm-hmm. and four of them came in the first period, and the the, the penalties themselves were um, delay a game, so you can't change that, but then hooking, cross-checking, another delay a game, tripping, hooking, hooking, hooking. So there was a lot of hooking going on, and I guess, like, you know, it seemed out of the norm. Again, he he made his comments, which, again, like I said, I like, like you said, I agree probably shouldn't be like you know well they're just useless it doesn't do anything but i i do think like you said there's got to be some form of review process yeah and especially if there's like an outlier i mean seven power plays is a bit much yeah well it's like our game with toronto yeah Yeah. well there you go or early in the season yeah for the canadians but either way the the one the one good thing is i mean like it's not really a good thing but it seems to be like Everyone gets the blunt end at some point. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I specifically remember Vegas' last playoffs were just getting destroyed with penalties. Yeah. I specifically remember that. And, it, and, you know, so it seems like everyone gets it at some point. But, like, you can't be consistently inconsistent. Like, yeah. you need to be consistently consistent with the penalties. And, you know, I understand in the playoffs, I don't want them to call much. Honestly. No, I want I, less power I, I don't want half the game to be on the penalty kill or power play. But the thing is, is... You have to call the big ones, and, and and the thing, and like I understand every once in a while they're gonna miss a high stick, stuff like that. But they have to understand the outrage when, you know, Kakiniemi gets a gets a, a a hooking call with one hand on his stick, yeah, and then you know Perry gets six stitches and there's no high stick and call like that. They have to review that with with an authority and and realize that that outrage is is justified and that needs to change. Yeah, and I think like the the rule of thumb you would agree with me here is that. Um, if it's a fringe call, don't call it. Yeah. That's it. If it's a yeah. blatant call, by all means. Yeah. That's why. But like anything I, where you would be like, uh, maybe just don't call it. Yeah. That's why. Like I, I, you know, I think the fans in general, like, I, like I hate propagating this like cliche of, of mm. bashing refereeing. Cause like, it's just, it's, it's, well, it's a every, every, every game, yeah. every game it happens. there. And like the thing, I just think that, you know, for it to be constructive, we have to be realistic and like. We can't just let coaches loose to go scream at referees. Exactly. Obviously, that's not something that's going to happen. But, you know, I, I, I'm i interested. I'm going to look into it to see, like, what their review process is. I just think it's one of those things where it's technically there. They just don't take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then, like, my suggestion would be, to like, they need to have this almost on, like, a weekly basis where they review tape and they're like, this can't fly, this can't fly, this can't fly. Yeah. Just so that, just so that the refs, because there's always going to be inhumaneity. I mean, like, it's going to happen. Of course. They're only, they're human beings. They're human beings. That's the thing. They're going to miss calls. But the problem is, is that I feel as though without the review process, they feel like they're almost immutable. Well, that's it. It's like, there's, there's no call for perfection from them. But what you're, what you're asking for is entirely reasonable, especially when you go along the lines of like, hey, can you guys at least be accountable? Mm. You know, if, if the fallback of a bad call only affects the team that got that was on the bad end of the bad call, and then it moves on from nothing. I mean, like I think back a few years, like you're saying with Vegas, um, was it against who was it? It was uh, was it San Jose with that insane comeback? Oh yeah, with the it, Pavelski. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like something like that. Yeah. That is like, I I don't know if that's like a five minute power play. That kind of thing is like okay, you changed the entire series. Yeah. Like, they lost the series. Yeah, and, and that's why, obviously, generally refs try to call us penalties in the playoffs. But, you know, going back to my point, it's like, I feel like they're almost 
too confident in their abilities. Like yeah. I, I think that when they miss a, a, a call like Perry's last night, I feel like they go to the locker room and I could be wrong. I mean, I'm painting all rest with one brush, yeah. obviously, but I feel like they go to the locker room and they're honestly like part of the game boys. Well, literally, like, I feel like they're okay with knowing that they missed a play because they know they're human. When in reality, I expect them to be human and miss calls, but I want them to be per like I want them to want to be perfect. Yes, and my my concern that loops back to what I was saying before with that is that if they go and they miss a call, and let's say during the intermission they wa they are physically watching it. Let's say that happened. The, uh, was it in overtime or the it was third? Overtime. Okay, so in over imagine it was at the end of the third period, and the refs go, "Oh yeah, we really blew that one." Well, next time you get a chance, just call something on Vegas. Like, yeah. I don't want that well, in the no, game. Be, yeah. But that, that's essentially what, like, has come yeah. to light with certain referees. I'm yeah. not saying it's all of them. But the fact that, like, that's, like, culturally there in the game yeah. is concerning. Because I don't well, want them a, to call something that's what I'm, next period. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying to say is, like, we don't know if it's a systemic thing. No, like, we don't. But, like, the idea is, like, it's not the first time that someone's complained about it. It's the first time we saw proof was this year. Yeah. We've heard it enough to know that, like, it wasn't a fluke. Yeah, because you know, Perry Maguire was talking about it, and like it's explicitly in in the refing hat like rule book that like you you don't do that obviously. Yeah, of course. But, but the thing is, is like I, I don't want like one referee to basically make it seem like there's this systemic issue. No, I, I completely understand that. What I'm I'm saying is that like it's it's fair to speculate that it's not that one time that got caught and it's never happened again. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I, say, well, yeah, I think not, it happens. Not never again. Yeah, but I'm just I, I, think I, I don't think it's systemic. Like, no, I, don't think, I just like, think it's less frowned upon than we think. I think they're yeah. kind of okay with it because... Yeah, we're obviously speculating. Yeah, like, the, we have no evidence. Well, it's the whole yeah. thing. It's the whole thing is speculation. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. it's I, I personally think that, like, if thinking through it logically, that, like, that, that would make more sense from an entertainment point of view. You go, like, no, if a team's getting four power plays in a row... Uh, the other team needs one just to kind of make the game interesting, mm -hmm. and the, it's just that that yeah, part I mean, of the game. Yeah, it's also to, just yeah. it's it's like we owe them one kind of thing, yeah. which like again, it's not it's like part of their job to do yeah. that. And like I, I don't want to make it sound like we're, um, you know, saying every ref doesn't follow the rules. I'm yeah. just saying like, you know, I I think the that one piece of evidence like obviously harmed the refing community. Big yeah, time. but it, ju and, like, it just showed that that's even accepted amongst them on that like that ice that day. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, so you can't, like, obviously, I'm not blowing it up to saying that all the refs go out there and be like, let's pick the yeah, winner today. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, again, it's like, if that was okay then, there's no reason to believe that it was, you know, every other ref would have shunned it just as equally as every other ref would do it every time. It's just, yeah. they, they, if that audio had been extended and you heard the other ref go like, whoa, 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 very different scenario. Mm -hmm. But it was just like, yeah, I just wanted to give him a penalty. And it's like, yeah. whoa. Maybe you shouldn't be on the ice, you know. Yeah. That's no, it, basically. Sure. And, and they, yeah, they obviously they got reprimanded and stuff. Like, yeah, well, I got fired. Yeah, yeah. It was right away, and which, which again, that leads me to believe that like, it doesn't mean they were the only ones. However, it means that like it's one of those things that they're not obviously doing every single play of every single mm -hmm. night because they know the actions can result in their firing. Yeah. But I think when applicable, like, I think it's applied probably enough that it's an issue for the regular season in the playoffs but not enough that it's like ruining the entire league no yeah i think we're on the same page there i think like you know they just need they need like they need to be more accountable to themselves yeah. like, I, there's no amount of like we're never going to have a hundred percent perfect refereeing and no one's expecting that i just i want them to want to be perfect. exactly That's you want it, like they I shouldn't just, walk in there like they own the place yeah and like i understand like they have to stand up to themselves against the players because like you know it's just like the same reason why i don't want 
coaches to be able to criticize refs is like the same reason you see it on the ice where like every single penalty the player who got the penalty is like that's bullshit yeah. I mean it's just like yeah obviously you think it's bullshit I mean it's a penalty against you right so like that that criticism would mean nothing yeah no right? and, that, and that's fine like I yeah. completely agree but with the that. the I want them to like love the game enough to basically you know not like not want to be imperfect <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. I just want them to be like, oh, shit. Like, really pissed off that they missed that call. Like, yeah, I, well, that's it. And, and they like, could be. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I, yeah. I just, I don't. I just, I, I don't get that vibe. Yeah, I just don't get that vibe, particularly just because, uh, on the ice, at least, they're, like, very tough characters. Like, they're, they, they stand by their calls a lot. And, like, I hope when they go off the ice, they're more like, ah, crap, we should have got that one. And, that's like, it, yeah. And, I, and it'd be nice to know that maybe at the end of the year, there's, like, some... At least, like, because I know they do some slight rule changing year to year at the mm-hmm. GM meetings. Maybe, like, the refs should be involved in that process. Yeah. Be like, why is this, like, and, you know, when you bring, like, actual tape, be like, why is this, this, why yeah. is this, that? You know, I, I really appreciated on the Mark Shifley suspension that video the NHL uh, PA put out where they were like, this is what happened, this is why we did it. It's like, explain yeah. the whole thing. The only thing is that there's also the confounder of basically... Probably explains 85-90% of the calls, um, even though we might not like it. But a ref can just be like, no, I agree, that's a call, I just didn't see it. You know what I mean? That Which I'm fine like, with. No, no, me too, it. but I'm just saying but it's a confounder. A, yeah, you, like, have to, you have to fix that, obviously, yeah. but I completely agree. I'm saying, like, there's no way the Corey Perry one got missed, like, vi- like visually mm-hmm. missed. The puck was in front of him. It's over time. Like the refs are are staring at the puck. Yeah. I I think a good solve uh, solution to that is you get one like you said, make the linesman able yeah. to call penalties. But the big one too, and I think this is important, is like, how about just have one ref or linesman that can just stare at the puck the entire game. Mm. Like they don't have to worry about offsides. They don't have to. Worry, they just have to watch the puck, the yeah. puck carrier, the puck name, and have the rest of them looking around. There's the third ref up top. He does something, just sure. something. You know, like yeah. a big brother ref would be yeah. perfect. Who has like a like external whistle? Yeah, like you literally, know, like, imagine like a goal horn. Yeah, it just like it blows. And the like whistle. as soon as they you know, they they call a delayed penalty, or just then, the refs have an earpiece in yeah. and it says blow the whistle. Yeah, that's so, it. Yeah, they're they're easy fixes. I just. I hope that they're not above criticizing themselves. Like the thing is, like you have to hold yourself accountable. And like, right. I obviously they love the game probably more than anyone on earth. I mean, like there's a reason they do this for the, like the rest yeah. of their life, right? But I just, I, I hope it's not like a brotherhood. You know what I mean, like yeah, like I hope it's not us against which, the like, players I, and the teams. I, I have faith that it's not because yeah. of like you know that ref in question that got fired. Like the the other ref made a report and everything mm-hmm. like that, and like that's what led to the investigation. And then like I'm. You know, well, not unfortunately, but like the tape got released. Um, but like the fact that the uh, I think it was the linesman re- wrote a report, you know, makes me believe that there's even like subcultures with linesmen and referees. Yeah. Which like that would be another issue that I'm not going to get yeah, into. It's but just a whole weird. That system. also kind of explains like the oddity of why re- linesmen can't call more penalties. Like I don't understand that. Like it's just, you know, it's yeah, just weird. It just it doesn't make sense, and like that that's it's just it. And it's just like yeah, the linesmen they have a primary role right just like referees do and like the linesmen it doesn't change their job they can just be like this is your job but if you ever see something that i don't see just throw up your hand yeah. like that's all it is it's, i'm not asking for four referees on the ice i'm just saying like they're you know they should be able to call more than like uh you know a figure what they get they could call like major penalties yeah well that's it, it like, just, you know. overall like I, again 
The important thing is, Habs have a 2-1 lead in the series. Yeah. Um, one more game in Montreal. If they can go up 3-1 going back to base, base that yeah. would be huge. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that was brought to my attention by one of our listeners, they messaged us in, is that, um, not to get ahead of ourselves, but if the Canadians do advance to the Stanley Cup Finals, because the North Division is technically considered a Western Conference team this year, um, the Habs would win the uh, Clarence Campbell, whatever it's oh, called, yeah. trophy, which is the only team trophy in the NHL the Canadians have never won. Huh. So if they go to the NHL, they'll be the only team to win every single possible trophy in the history oh, yeah. of the franchise, I'm which is really cool. I'm thinking of the divisions now, and yeah, we are a West team. Yeah, they consider us a West team just because... You have the East and the Metropolitan, yeah. which are just so along the West. Like, yeah. there's no West teams yeah. versus us who had teams that in the house, last. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just cool that they, they yeah. brought that up. Oh, that's so cool, yeah. We want to say just, uh, you know, thank you for, you know, writing in and sending mm. that. It's a cool yeah. idea. That is cool. I, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself. No, just not to get ahead of it. It was just a cool point. No, no, it's a cool, I mean, yeah. me, like, I was going to say something about the Stanley Cup Finals, but I just don't want to go there. Just, just like we were talking about in Winnipeg, I didn't want to... Yeah. Start talking about Colorado yeah. Vegas. Okay, well, hypothetically, what were you going to say? <laughs> Hypoth- hypothetically, I was saying I, I I actually think I prefer playing Tampa Bay. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean yeah. there. I, it, that's, I get like it's, a, it's the Again, that, that matchup is Vegas-Colorado matchup yeah. again. Like, I want to see how they play. I don't even... Like, I finally... Like, I still think I would have preferred to play Colorado, to be honest. I think so, too. Just by, just by how that first... Uh, 60 minutes of game three went yeah you know like how adaptable that how adaptable that team is like it it, it is a bit scary but you know we got to push through it i just i with the islanders i get like a very calgary on steroids kind of thing where like we're we just would not be able to enter the zone and like and their and their offense isn't anything to laugh no like they're very underrated. Oh, look, if they're holding Tampa to a goal or two a night, you really I don't want to play that defensive team. Yeah. Especially um, with guys like Hedman carrying oh, and, the And the last, the last thing that I, I just, like, I want to bring up, just because we forgot to mention it last time, the trend of the number one center leaving the game against Montreal is live and well. Yeah. Stevenson is like, he's missed two games. Yeah. He, like, that, what is going on? That, like, really throws a wrench in there. <laughs> well, yeah, because, look, they tried Alex Tuck on the first line, Ugh. but that pulls him off of the third line. Yeah. Like, their whole thing is they can burn you with four lines. Alex Tuck is that guy. Alex Tuck is, like, UL Armia. He's, like, he's one of those guys that, like, if you have him in your bottom six, like, you are in a good yeah. spot for him to succeed. I'm such I a fan of that, dude. I love him, too. I, just, I He's not the kind of guy you want on your first line. No, and he, he's not the kind of guy you want as your centerman. No. Because he's yeah. a right winger. Like, to me, like, he his his perfect fit well, on a Deno team... Well, Deno won 76 Yeah, exactly. At 78. 78, yeah. I, if I... Look, if I'm building a team where it's, like, everyone fits exactly where they should be, Alex Tuck's ceiling is a second-line right-winger. But, yeah, being on that third line, he's so fast and he's so big and he knows yeah. how to score goals, but... I don't yeah. want, I don't want third. I, I, I just see him as, like, he takes advantage of that depth. Like, that I, I like he's so successful on that third line in Vegas. Right. And I just get a very army of feel to him. Like, not necessarily play style, though a little bit, but more just he takes advantage of, like, just below that skill cap of that third mm. line, uh, just above that skill cap of that third line. And not many players, ironically, can do that because most people are, like, rate limited by the players they're playing with. Yeah, but he just guys, takes like, off. Yeah, not that army well, is, is playing the most, with bad uh, players. He has but... the most carries over the blue line 
out of the entire NHL yeah. like, in the uh, the playoffs by like a wide margin. He's yeah. got like almost twenty more. That's than the next where guy. I get an army of vibe from the mm-hmm. front. The army the is like really good at carrying the puck. Yeah, yeah. He's just a little bit faster. Yeah, well, a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, a lot faster. But yeah, un- unbelievable. I, I, that's one guy I'd love to target. Um, yeah, I think that really just covers it for the game. Uh, tomorrow or the day after. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's really weird they don't want these Saturday night games. I know. I don't know well, what I mean, it is. Tampa's playing I think tonight, it was but... just to flip the, uh, just to give um, Vegas a little rest. They kind of delayed yeah. a game. Although Islanders Tampa might be drawing more viewers, just because there's not many Vegas people watching. I, I guess Montreal. Just, like I feel like the Canada viewership just skyrockets everything. Yeah, like Montreal's obviously, in terms of the teams left, they're definitely getting the most views. Mm. But like. In terms of hockey cities left, like Vegas is definitely probably last in the NHL, yeah. right? What? Well, oh, one thing I, I will Maybe say, just because I, I, I'm sure we'll bring it up after the season's over again, but I do, I want to say it again. If Jason Spezza re-signed for league minimum with uh, Toronto, Montreal needs to do absolutely everything they can to keep Corey Perry. Oh my God. If we lose like, Corey Perry, like that would be heartbreaking. That'll be heartbreaking, yeah. yeah. Like unless he wants to retire. I hope, yeah, I don't see Bergevin making that mistake. No. And also I, I don't see, oh, actually, I, yeah, I don't see him making that mistake because Vegas, uh, Dallas clearly made that mistake. Yeah, and, like, and I just... think Bergevin learned from his Markov mistake, to uh, be honest. Yeah, and like, you know, some guys just age well. And clearly yeah. Stahl and Perry are just, you know, they're they're doing great. I mean, like, yeah. those two guys are, you know, steamrolling ahead in the playoffs, and, and that's when we need them. And uh, last thing I'll say is I just, I really hope this was the switch for Josh Anderson because yeah. he's that last piece that, like, if he just gets going, like, our team's unstoppable. Well, yeah, then it's like you don't know who to cover. Yeah. Because, like, he's honestly a liability on the ice. Like, obviously, last night was was a different, but not really. I mean, like... He's still defensively a bit of an the, issue. You know, again, like, 59 minutes of the game, like, he was, like, actually terrible. <laughs> the thing is, and then, like, what happened was he got that goal, and again, it gets the monkey off your back. It's like Gallagher in the first five games against Toronto. Just absolute trash. Yeah, the, the then, one thing I will say also about Gallagher... Um, just because I've been harsh on him, is that he's playing in a shutdown role right now. Like, he's a lot no, stronger. No, I'm saying Gallagher's playing great now. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm saying, like, I, I've been, for the past few games, wanting a bit more from him. Okay. I found, like, he's been a little bit, like, more, um, not not sheepish with it, but I, I find, like, he's been a little bit more conservative mm-hmm. with his body, first of all, and second of all, with his shooting. I find he's trying to set people yeah. up more. But I, I know he's trying to be defensively responsible, and, like, he's doing... A very underrated job being defensively, you know, there. Yeah. So that um, line's a walk now. Like, yeah, holy crap, it's, it's so line. good. Yeah, that that line is just I, you know, it's like what dreams are made of. That line. Yeah. like that line is our third line next year. Like that's just going to be nuts. Like I I love that line, but yeah, Anderson. Like I said, like you know, he didn't play great the first fifty eight minutes, but again, the whole team played like shit. But I'm yeah. just saying, like he didn't ha- he doesn't have a good playoff run so far, and that's not controversial. No. I just hope that sort of like Gallagher, like you know, getting that easy goal in, like Gallagher did in Game Six, like it just gets him going. And yeah. clearly, he you know he had a great play in overtime, batted the puck out of the air, and then uh, you know scored obviously. So I hope that you know gets his confidence back because a lot of it is confidence. Um, so, you know, if he gets going, then all of a sudden that third line is even more of a threat. And then we have basically four lines just scoring. And okay. that's where we're yeah. most we're it's basically, yeah, yeah. That's basically, yeah, there's no, no problems there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see next game a Weber goal. That's, that's yeah, the other that's, thing. Yeah, that's a lot Weber of Weber or Petrie. Though. I think that's like the last... Uh, same thing though. I'm okay with Weber right now. The guy's playing, playing great. Yeah. You know, he, you, can, you can tell, and again, this is like... 
not to get ahead of ourselves and everything, but you look at the guys in their mid thirties, not even the early thirties, but mm-hmm. you know the prices, the the Webers, the Perrys, the Stalls, they like they they're on a mission. Yeah, like these guys are just looking at being like yeah. this is. You know, they understand what a good run looks like, and yeah, they know they're on it. Uh, yeah, the last thing I'll say about Weber is I he's playing incredible. Like, probably the best I think I've ever seen Shea Weber play. But the only reason why I want goals, not necessarily from Weber, but just from the D-men in general, is because we're starting to look like uh, a bit easier to defend in the sense that we just get goals from chopping away in front mm-hmm. of the net. Whereas if we can start to get some goals from the point... That's gonna draw a lot of their. Well, it adds a dimension back. to our game yeah, for so sure. If, if you just have no threats at the point, like it, it, it gets simpler, not necessarily easier, but simpler to defend us. Like, that being said, it might be the fact that you know we rely a lot on our defense to score. Mm-hmm. That teams are overcompensating right now, yeah. and you know it, it's almost having the same effect where it's allowing us to get to the net yeah. right now. So yeah. either way, um, whatever's work, it's clearly working. We're winning, so just, just keep a winning formula yeah. going. Yeah, keep the winning formula going. Best just... wishes to Dom Ducharme. Hope he gets yeah. well. Yeah, I hope he's all right. But, I know um, he listens every night. Fucking Vegas. Like, honestly, <laughs> you look at you look at that city right yeah. now. You look at that stadium. It's the second coach it. in the playoffs it's to get COVID-19. more than didn't get it. I mean, like, well, it's the second coach that's visited yeah. to get it, so something's yeah. up. Well, yeah, I mean... Clean the goddamn stadium. Well, no, the, Vegas was that... Well, Vegas was that city in, uh, like, basically... Uh, you know, last, March 20th last year is when places started shutting down. They were, like, basically chomping at the bit to open up, like, yeah. April 15th. Right? So, like, oh, uh, yeah. you know... It's just not going well down there. But. Vegas had COVID-19 going on from 2003 onwards somehow. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. the dirty city. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they got to clean it up. But, but anyway. Yeah, I, I hope he's all right. And um, yeah, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Just maybe a little bit more shots next game. And, you know, yeah. Perry yeah, actually game. nothing like the first 60 minutes. <laughs> just yeah. just redo game one. Give Perry some icy hot. Yeah, game two, sorry. Game yeah. Two. Yeah, not game one. <laughs> So uh, we'll catch you guys after the first period of uh, tomorrow night. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.